Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how's it going? It's uh, Valentine's Day yesterday. How was your uh, Valentine's Day weekend? Oh, it was great. Full of love. Full of lots of love. Good, um, good. Son was old enough to actually really get into the Valentine's Day season, which is wonderful. He made oh, yeah. a bunch of cards, and he's really into Star Wars, so all of his cards are like, you know, may the force be with you, and I love you. And Right, <laughs> yeah. Kind of cute, you know. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of movies watched. It was, uh, I mean, it's the whole rest of the world is um, freezing. It literally yeah. is a sheet of ice over like Texas, where I lived forever, Montana, mm-hmm. where I'm from. I imagine Ohio is also. Yeah, they uh, had a winter winter weather warning I saw on pop up on the phone, but not here. I mean, it's been been cold here, but not not uh, to that extent. So yeah, be thankful for that, I guess. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you are listening and it's, uh, when does this drop? Thursday and it's still freezing where you are and you have no power, please save your, um, save your power for something like, you know, wood burning fireplaces and things. We, you know, it's, it's very dire in certain places in Texas, I guess they have these rolling power outages because it's so uh, bad. Right. And so like my poor dad is, you know, he's Everyone's got like a using their wood. furnace for the first yes. time for the first time ever in Texas. And so, uh, and if, if, if that's goes out, then you got nothing but, but like firewood and some candles. So everyone stay warm. Um, uh, and if you, if you have power though, you know, listen to our podcast and, and cuddle up and watch a movie. This is the yeah. best time. That's right. Yeah. We're, we've made it through uh, halfway through uh, romantic comedy month. Yeah. So that's good. Our Valentine's day was uh, pretty good pretty low key. We'd gotten a little charcuterie board from a local farm. So we did that kind of for lunch on, Sunday, I watched a couple movies. We uh, watched Judas and the Black Messiah. I think you uh, told me earlier that you uh, watched that one as well. So that was really good. So definitely check that out. It's on um, HBO Max now. So if you have a subscription to that, make sure you get that one watched. It's really good. But yeah, it's pretty low key, you know, just to, just to stay at home Valentine's Day and deal with the cold weather. So, but you know, what you really need uh, for Valentine's Day is, you know, something good to drink, you know, something classic, something that yeah. sets the mood. Yeah. Yep. Perfect song, you know, perfect drink, perfect pickup lines, the perfect cocktail, you know, just like Jacob. He makes one for Hannah in Crazy Stupid Love. That's right. He does do that. And I think we should probably make one for ourselves. Uh, I don't know if we need to uh, do the uh, dirty dancing move to uh, seal the deal. So I think we'll just stick with the cocktail. So (laughs) that's probably good. That's probably a good idea. So why don't we take a quick break? Um, We'll go uh, mix one of those up and we'll be right back to talk about it. This week's uh, cocktail, which is the old fashioned. This week's recipe is one of my favorites. It's the old fashioned. Uh, Michaela, uh, what what can you tell me about old fashions? Are are you familiar with those? Is that something you order out on your on your uh, date nights or? You know, I, not usually. I'm not usually a whiskey person to be honest, but I've really gotten into them in the last maybe year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the first time I think I really was inspired to try an old fashioned was when I watched this movie when it first came out. Um, okay. Just because in the movie he uses this ginormous rind of orange, mm. and he sticks it in there, and it's just looks just really delicious. I'm not I'm not even a super citrusy person, but it it just looked really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I learned how to make one because my husband really likes them, but I was never really a fan uh, until I figured out the secret, which is mm-hmm. uh, the the bitter sugar cube thing that uh, mm. this recipe actually does. So that's kind of neat. Yes, yeah, the the old fashioned it gets its name because it's uh, credited a lot of times as being like the first kind of cocktail. Um, so you have the the sugar and the bitters in there, kind of smooth out the. Uh, the whiskey wasn't quite as refined as, as it is now. So I think like you have recipes going back to like, like the early 1800s, like 1805, 1809, stuff like that. And you can make it pretty much with any whiskey. Um, most people are going to use either a bourbon whiskey or a rye whiskey. Uh, we decided to use a rye whiskey in ours, but Michaela, now you're a, uh, you're a big fan of them now. Why don't you run through the ingredients that we uh, sure. use for ours? Sure. So we did use one sugar cube, um, mm-hmm. any old sugar cube, but we did white sugar. Um, yep. two dashes of bitters. You can mm-hmm. do Angostura or any sort of dealer's choice. Um, yep. I also would say that um, I tried this as late or as, or as early as last night with um, a really nice orange bitters. Um, okay. If you are out of orange, that could be helpful because we were out mm. of orange. Um, sure, yep. So two dashes of bitters, uh, two ounces of whiskey. So we mm-hmm. used Whistle Pig's Piggyback Six Year Rye. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, an orange peel. And mm-hmm. you could do a cherry as well. Cherry is optional. So um, our awesome friend Emily made us some great bourbon-soaked cherries. Um, so we threw some of those in there, too. They were delicious. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thanks to her for making those. Throw one of those in there if you if you have some of those, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all, that's all you need. It comes together really easy. So you just do the sugar and the bitters. Um, you kind of... I mean, if you watch the movie, you'll see him kind of mashing those up with uh, with a little muddler. You could just use a spoon. If you don't have sugar cubes, you can just use, that's just a teaspoon of sugar. So you could just use a, just a teaspoon of white sugar um, in there and then uh, stir in your whiskey and then throw in a couple of uh, big ice cubes, uh, your orange peel, and that's it. I mean, it's it's really simple. It's really straightforward. It's, it's a very uh, sophisticated looking drink, I guess. That it is. That it is. It's very adult looking. Um, I will say, so there's a couple of things that I will, the key I think for, um, that I would say is making sure that you add the sugar and the, the bitters and make sure Mm -hmm. that it, the sugar really soaks up the bitters part of it. Um, which is not how I used to make them. So I really, to me, that makes it a lot smoother and, um, the sugar actually, Melts, yeah, you do. Right. Yeah, you, you do want to make sure that you definitely give it a, a good stir since you're just making it in the in the glass. You want to make sure that that sugar gets dissolved so you're not left with a little sludge of sugar down at the bottom. But yeah. Well, what do you think? Is this is this the uh, is this a perfect drink to end your uh, date night? You know, uh, you're uh, back at uh, Jacob's house and and he makes you one of these. Is is this the uh, <laughs> drink you want? Or if it's Ryan Gosling making it for me, then yes, yes. And I would do exactly what Hannah Banana does, which is uh, drink both of them in succession. Mm-hmm. She just gulps them down. Um, it's not her favorite drink. You can tell in the in this particular scene. She's like, oh, this is not my not my favorite, but thank you. Um, I I really like it. I think it's very good for kind of a guyish drink. It sounds very sexist, perhaps. Um, I don't know a lot of women that love old fashions, to be honest. Um, I really like it, but I don't know if it's like the drink that I would have right before I, you know, do the big dirty dancing move. Um, I don't think alcohol is a really good choice if you're going to lift someone up (laughs) over your head in general. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I would probably prefer something, um, 
a little girly just because I want to remember my moment with Ryan mm. Gosling, but, uh, okay. but he really loves it. And he's do, I mean, he drinks these throughout the whole film, right? He's, he's drinking them at, at, every time we see him in the bar, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite cocktails. It's, it's one of my favorite ways to drink whiskey. It just kind of the sugar and the bitters just kind of smooth it out and you get the, the nice uh, orange citrus there. And like I said, it looks very, very sophisticated, very, very classy as you're, as you're uh, sipping on one in the bar, you know, trying to uh, teach the uh, ways of the world to uh, your new friend, Cal. But well, let us know if you like the old fashioned, if you make them, if you drink them regularly, or if you're new to them, if you've never had one, uh, let us know that too. We've got our uh, nightcaps made up. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about Crazy Stupid Love. Spoiler warning for Crazy Stupid Love. If you've not yet seen Crazy Stupid Love, please press pause, go make yourself an old fashioned, watch Crazy Stupid Love, and then come back and we can chat about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make up uh, make up two old fashions and you can drink them both like Hannah does later in the film. Uh, right. But Crazy Stupid Love came out in uh, 2011. It was directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. And it stars Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore, and Emma Stone. Uh, Ryan Gosling was nominated for Best Actor um, in the Golden Globes, but he did not uh, win for this role. Right. And this was the first of three films uh, to date, anyway, that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone have kind of paired up together in. Mm-hmm. The second was Gangster Squad. And the okay. final one, which a lot of people should know, was La La Land, which did very, very well. It was kind of a, a new musical mm-hmm. and um, really, really well done. Um, yep. And I think they both, I definitely know Emma Stone got nominated. I'm not, and I think Ryan Gosling did as well. For that one so this was their very first kind of tour de force together um mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons i think why the the film works so well is that their chemistry is palpable and really really they're really well connected throughout the whole film mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can definitely get a glimpse here of their chemistry as we go through this film and they actually don't spend a lot of uh, screen time together because um, you don't really get the pieces kind of all put together of of how all of these players work you know until kind of the end of the film but yeah there's there's definitely something about the the two of them and the way they they play off. I think she kind of uh, uh, he's he's an attractive gentleman, so I think she uh, she kind of uh, humble him a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, that first scene is great. <laughs> yeah, first for scene sure, is great. For sure. Well, yeah. So um, speaking of first scenes, let's uh, dig into the movie. So it it actually opens. It's a really neat lot of couples out, and it's just kind of panning around this restaurant, and you just see all of these you know fancy shoes, you know really nice. Uh, really nice shoes and heels, all these couples sitting, sitting at tables and things. And then finally it ends on uh, the feet here of our, uh, of our main characters of Cal and Emily. And you see the uh, white New Balance shoes and, and, you know, her kind of more basic heels after you've just seen all of the fancy ones and it pans up and you, and you see the two of them sitting there at their dinner. Right. Right. So it's a Cal Weaver, which is played by Steve Carell. And then uh, Emily Weaver, his wife of something like 25 years and mm-hmm. played by Julian Moore. And they're deciding on what dessert they really want. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because Cal's like, well, I'm really full. What are you thinking about? Are you okay? Because she keeps looking down at the menu. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just, he says, you know, one, you know, at the count of three, we're just going to say what we want. And on the count of three, he says like ice cream or creme mm-hmm. brulee. And at the right. count of three, she says, I want a divorce. Yeah. 
And she doesn't uh, say it. She says it very loudly. Everyone yeah, the entire the restaurant kind of stops. It's very much a uh, an embarrassing moment, as it would be for anybody. But I think it adds insult mm. to injury for poor Cal. Um, but the scene very quickly changes to them being in the car. You don't see him react. You don't see them get the check. You don't see anything. But mm-hmm. he, he's just kind of staring off into the window. And she's trying to talk to him about, you know, why she wants a divorce. And she just starts to kind of have this verbal diarrhea that happens um, right. when, you know, you're trying to explain something that you know is hurtful to another person because um, she's upset. She's not being mean about it. She's just trying to explain. And, you know, while they're in the car, she's like, I slept with someone and David Lindhagen, I slept with this guy named David Lindhagen and you met him at the Christmas party. And he just, he's like, please just stop talking. Um, right, I, ju- yeah. I just want to get through this ride. And you know, she just won't stop, mm-hmm. right? She just keeps going and, you know, he keeps asking her to stop and and she doesn't. So you, so you just see Cal just, you know, unbuckle his seatbelt and opens the door and just flops out of this uh, moving car. You know, he just, yeah. he just has to has to get out of there. You know, he's, he, he cannot bear doesn't to hear, hear it. Yeah. another word because it's already as bad as, as it could be. And so, of course, she slams on the brakes. She gets out of the car. They're driving in like a neighborhood, uh, mm-hmm. just for reference. They, they live in, somewhere in I think upstate California and uh they're in LA actually they're in some outskirts of LA I think and so she jumps out she's rushes to him in her like tiny little kitten heels and he sits up and he's like look I'll sign whatever you want I'll do anything you want I don't want to talk about this anymore Mm -hmm. and you can tell she reacts really poorly to that because she's like wow you're not going to say anything you just okay I mean he just did he almost doesn't care you can tell he cares but Right. He'd much rather just kind of just accept it and you know, yeah. sort of confront it at all, you know, right. Right. Uh, very, very non-confrontational right. about it. But yeah, says, uh, you know, I'll leave tonight. I'll sign whatever you want. Just, just stop talking about it. Right. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, which is mm-hmm. uh, code for their house, you know, they have three or two kids, sorry, um, that live at home. They have mm-hmm. a, and they have a babysitter. So the daughter I think is probably about nine mm-hmm. and then yeah, Robbie, is the older son and he is 13. Mm-hmm. And so the babysitter who's named Jessica, she is playing around and you can tell she's really well loved by the younger daughter. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's looking for something and she ends up walking into Robbie's room and uh, you don't see exactly what's happening, but you're pretty sure it's what happens He's with 13 doing year old what, yeah, boys. Yeah. <laughs> are doing it's it's whatever you imagine is happening is is what's happening totally what's happening and she's horrified she's completely mortified she's like i'm so Mm. sorry and he's like oh my god and you can tell he's completely embarrassed and so she hurries downstairs to you know do something else resembling anything normal and not walking in on a 13 year old boy Mm. and um he comes out and he's kind of sheepish right right yeah yeah he comes out and he's like you know dog (laughs) don't worry about it. It's, it's totally fine. You know, it's, it's because I, you know, I was thinking of you because I love you and you're my soulmate, um, which is, which is incredibly awkward. Um, very brazen for this, uh, 13 year old Robbie. I will, I will say, you know, he's, yes, he's, uh, you know, laying all of his cards on the table, but while Jessica and the daughter are playing, they actually knock over a picture. So it kind of coincides with, you know, this car ride coming back from, from dinner, where this picture of Cal and Emily falls off of this little side table and 
Jessica, the babysitter, picks it up and the picture is kind of shattered. There's there's like a broken glass like right in between them. And, and you'll see Jessica kind of covers up Emily's face with her hand. And it's uh, kind of foreshadowing of, right. of, you know, the divorce and the separation there, but also uh, gives you a little bit of insight. So even though uh, Robbie uh, thinks that Jessica is his soulmate, uh, Jessica thinks that Cal is her soulmate. Right. So, Which is kind of awkward because Cal is like 45 years old. Um, right, yeah. and she is 17 and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think also one of Cal's best friends is her dad. I mean, literally her dad's age. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of, kind of, kind of weird, but, you know, they're talking about this, the, the babysitter, Jessica and Robbie are kind of arguing about, you know, his love for her and how he's like, I, I know I'm, you know, only four years younger than you, but I, that's, and that's a big deal right now, but in like 10 years, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, and, it'll be fine. and, um, Jessica's like, I'm begging you to stop talking about this. Um, and so in walks, you know, mom and dad. So Cal and Julian Moore's uh, character, Emily, they walk mm-hmm. in and I mean, Cal's just jumped out of a car. So his jacket's all ruffled and it's dirty. And of course, Robbie is like, hey, dad, you look awful. And he says, I jumped out of the car because your mom wants a divorce. <laughs> and I mean, right. he's just, he starts with a vomit, you know, di- you know, diary of the mouth, right? He's just like, blah, 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 blah. and so, you know, Robbie is really upset. He's like, mom, what's going on? And she's like, let's get you to bed. I don't have any money to pay the sitter. You know, how did they do that? They eat all their broccoli. I mean, it's this very comical uh, right. kind of moment that is a total train wreck to watch. I mean, it is mm-hmm. funny, but it's also, it's only funny because you're removing the personal tragedy with what's happening. Right. right. Um, at this point, Jessica gets in the car and Cal takes her home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going to drive Jessica home and she's telling Cal, you know, that uh, he's really, he's really nice. And if, you know, Emily wants to divorce you, she's an idiot. So, Right. And Cal's like, is, you know, please don't tell your parents because we'll tell them ourselves. And, you know, and he kind of says to himself, man, I've got to call Nana, right? And mm. uh it's kind of a sad moment because he's, you know, you're like, man, he's got to call his mom and explain to his parents or, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get uh, divorced. And so you don't really see much of them after he drops off Jessica, right? But Jessica mm-hmm. is clearly trying to kind of keep her emotions in check because you can tell she's very much got a crush on this guy. And he's right. like, my wife is leaving me. It's awful. So mm-hmm. he ends up going um, to a bar but before we see that, we kind of yeah, we see two girls sitting sitting at this uh, you know pretty swanky looking cocktail bar. Uh, one is Liz, and the other is uh, Hannah, um, who is played by Emma Stone. Um, and they're sitting sitting there, you know, having just kind of some some girl talk. You know, Hannah's saying that she would have Conan O'Brien's babies, and Liz thinks that that's totally insane. Um, but then then you see uh, you know very uh, seductive looking in the uh, back corner of the bar, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, who hey. plays. Uh, uh, his character's name is Jacob and he's just kind of watching, you know, the Hannah from across the bar. And, and it's, it's like one of those, like almost like a horror movie thing. Like every time it like flashes to him, he's getting closer to the table. Right. Like he's, like, <laughs> right. Right. He's like, like he's a ninja the, samurai in the middle yeah. of this bar. He just keeps, just keeps coming up. But yeah, so he's gonna, gonna go up and, uh, and make his pitch to, uh, Hannah, you know, tells her, okay, can't keep my eyes off of you and then he you know just asks her point blank if she finds him attractive and Liz is like yes she absolutely finds you attractive uh but but Hannah uh is not one to uh succumb to his his uh demeanor there and she turns him down and leaves and yep 
you get the feeling that Jacob, this is probably the first time he's probably ever been turned down. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's genuinely surprised. And, and it's interesting because their banter is he, he takes it well. I mean, he doesn't become a jerk about it, um, mm-hmm. but she is like, OK, like I'm not I'm not doing this. He's very much like, hey, I'm just letting you know I, I'm really great in bed. Like, I don't you want to? Don't you? I mean, I guarantee you won't regret it, but you might not not regret it. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm I'm leaving. I'm not, yep. we're not doing this. And of course, Liz is like, what is wrong with you? He is so hot. And mm-hmm. but she she leaves and uh, but she does let him know um, through their banter that she is about to be a lawyer. So she's studying for the bar mm-hmm. in California. And so, you know, she's like, I'm out, I'll see you later. And Liz is following behind, shaking her head. Like he's, he's, she's crazy. She's just given up like the best one night to ever happen. Even if it's only one night, it would probably be pretty great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Jacob, you know, struck out. So he's got to, got to move on to his, uh, his next bar. We get to the, uh, to the next bar there and we see Cal, you know, he's sitting at this bar alone um he's drinking a vodka cranberry <laughs> he's talking to the to the bartender and anyone that'll that'll listen you know hey guess what my wife's having intercourse with someone that's not me you know he's <laughs> he's going on Aww. going on this going on this whole whole kind of rant and then that's what you see jacob kind of in the in the back there you know he's with a couple of girls at this at this bar and he's just kind of you know looking at cal you know cal's being kind of a, a sad sack and <laughs> jacob's just you know kind of you know watching watching on adam <clears> so, <throat> so you yeah, you get, you know, kind of early, early on here, right? Like Cal's not taking it well. He, he wasn't able to uh, vocalize that to Emily, but, you know, he's, he's definitely uh, distraught about what's going on. It's interesting because he's in this one bar and he's very loud and he's kind of trying to talk to these other people. Mm-hmm. And that's why you think that, you know, the bartender's going to maybe tell him to, con- you know, lower his voice or whatever, but he's like, right. David Lindhagen, Mm. totally totally sleeping with my wife and this is awful and and you know jacob is kind of you know you don't know what's going to happen at this point right um but he definitely has noticed but he's also you know entrenched with these two total hot chicks so mm. um, yeah his his mind was elsewhere but he's he's definitely taken notice of cal you know sitting there you know being a like i said being a little bit of a, a sad sack there at the, right right there at the bar um and then you get probably what one of my favorite scenes in the film, you know, the next day, you know, Cal's, Cal's at work and he's sitting there and one of his coworkers comes in, you know, to, to check on him and, you know, is, is everything okay? And, you know, the receptionist or someone heard him crying in the bathroom. So, you know, Cal tells him, he's like, oh, you know, Emily and I are, are getting a divorce. And he's like, oh, you're just getting divorced. That's great. Cause uh, <laughs> we, we all thought you had cancers, but divorce, that's great. And you see Cal's like, Cal's like, yep, yep. It's, it's great. And he's walking through and, you know, his coworkers telling everyone, Hey, everyone, it's, you know, it wasn't cancer. He's just getting divorced. And, you know, the whole office is, is starting to like applaud, uh, applaud for Cal, but yeah, Yeah. kind of a, kind of a funny thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm so lucky. It's, it's not cancer. I'm just getting a divorce. Yeah. Just, just, just cancer of my marriage is being cut out of my life. Yep. That's it. No problem. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing to see here. Uh, And then of course he's back at the house um he's moving all of his stuff out into kind of this u-haul um Mm -hmm. again you see cal really kind of close up around emily like he is not 
he's certainly not the one who's like David Lindhagen and you, you're a cuckold. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he's not saying right. any of this stuff to her. He's just like, Hey, uh, you're going to really need to aerate the lawn and you're going to want to make sure that you get someone to, uh, fertilize the hydrangeas. And she's like trying to talk to him. She's like, I think I'm going through a midlife crisis. When did we stop being us? Like I lied mm-hmm. to you two weeks ago to go watch the twilight film. And it was the worst film ever. Why did I do that? And she's like, mm-hmm. again, like diary of the mouth, right? She's just trying to get a reaction out of him and he will not give her one. He's yep. like, yeah, you slept with someone else. And maybe that's when we quit being us. You know, I'm, uh, I'm going to get in the truck now. And mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me because it's obvious that she very much cares about what's happening and seeing it again, because I'd seen it, you know, when it first came out, but seeing it again uh, for the purpose of this podcast, I really could see how she was really could be confused by whether or not he even wanted to be in the marriage because he's not fighting for her at all. He's Mm -hmm. with her. He has very little emotion other than I'm, I'm, I'm upset that you did these things. Right. Right. And so, of course, I, I guess he drops his stuff off and then he goes to the same bar again and he is drinking another vodka cranberry, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about how David Linghagen and his wife are together and um, Jacob's there. And then all of a sudden, some guy shows up that he knows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's his friend, uh, his friend, Bernie, uh, who also happens to be the uh, babysitter's uh, dad comes in, but he's he walks in, he's carrying like a Macy's like gift bag. Um, and he sits down, you know, and they're chatting, but, but he basically just says that I can't be friends with you anymore, Cal, you know, Claire, <laughs> Claire, Claire and I talked and she said I had to choose, um, which really meant that Claire chose, you know, to remain friends with Emily. So, so we can't be friends uh, with you anymore, Cal, but here I got you, got you this, and he hands him this bag from Macy's. He tells him, you know, it's cologne so Cal's right. just you know he's just sitting there right like he's he's getting divorced now his uh his probably only friends like I can't be friends with you anymore because we picked Emily over you right um, he's at least got some cologne but you know he's just gonna gonna go back and eat this this one he really starts to kind of go off the rails on the rant you know he starts getting yeah. loud and and a little bit of obnoxious and that's uh that's kind of when you know Jacob is like hey guy calm down come over here and right. sort of flags flags him down over to uh over to the table and he's like you know you're badgering people it's a sad sad loser sob story i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know if i should bother helping you or if i should just euthanize you um right but here's here's my offer i'm going to i'm going to help you you know get your uh get your act together and get back out there you know get past emily you know she'll really regret that she ever uh hooked up with this uh david guy so. yeah yeah it was really interesting uh exchange between the two because you know, Cal at first acts uh, really sheepish and he, he, you know, and first of all, Jake is with a girl. So he's like, can you give me five minutes with this guy? And so she gets up to walk away. I don't, I don't understand this, how this happens in the real world. Cause that never, that never happens to me. But anyway, um, when, when he, he tells Cal to sit down and he's like, what are you drinking? You're drinking this watered down cranberry vodka and you're up mm-hmm. there screaming. And he's like, yeah, my wife left me for David Lindhagen. And, and it's this really interesting uh, diatribe because Cal is not, um, he starts to stand up for himself when Jacob starts to kind of berate him. And mm-hmm. then he says, no, listen, you know, you, we need to fix this. You're, you seem like a nice guy. I'm going to help you. And you know, my favorite part of this scene is when Cal asks Jacob, why are you doing this? And mm-hmm. Jacob says, well, maybe you kind of remind me of somebody. 
And yep. we are going to, you know, Emily, your wife is going to rue the day that she gave up on you, which is interesting because I think Emily is feeling on the other side of the city right now that Cal has given up on her. So, right. you know, they go ahead and decide to meet at this food court in a couple of days. And, uh, and in the meantime, Cal goes into this, you know, he gets this one bedroom or two bedroom apartment and shows it to his kids. His daughter doesn't seem to care. She's got TV, so she's cool, but yeah, her, she's, over, she's over dancing in front of the TV, but, um, but yeah, Robbie's there and looking at each other. Robbie's like, you know, love sucks dad. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it does. And just about that time, you know, Jessica, the babysitter shows up. So, so Robbie is immediately back on love side here now that, uh, now that Jessica is back. So. Right. But then he's upset that she's there too. Cause he's like, I don't need a babysitter. Like I'm mm. only 13, I'm 13 and she's only four years older. And she needs to know that like, dad, this isn't fair. And of course, dad has no clue. He's got his own personal, you know, uh, crisis. He has no idea what it, that what's happening that, you know, mm. maybe Robbie is, is got a crush on the, on, on Jessica. So he's like, Hey, just hang out, watch some TV. You know, I'm going to go um, because he's yeah. got a date with, you know, Jacob trying to salvage his life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Robbie, as soon as he shuts the door, Robbie's telling Jessica, you know, I love you. I love please, you. Please, mm-hmm. please give me a chance. And she's just like, oh my God, this kid, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cal gets to the mall for his uh, scheduled appointment with Jacob to get his uh, life turned around. You get um, a really cool shot. So you get kind of Cal coming up this escalator. Um, but the camera is sort of set inside of this uh, Mexican restaurant. And as Cal's going up, the camera pulls back a little bit. And that's where we see Hannah is sitting there at this uh, this lunch kind of with her uh, work associates. It's their uh, kind of going away lunch, I guess. You know, she's about ready to leave the law firm to take her leave so she can go and study up and take the bar exam. And and she's right. there with her, with her boyfriend, who's played by uh, Josh Groban, uh, who's pretty great. Um, he was pretty great in this one but you know he's he's going on he's giving a toast to hannah he's he's like as soon as you you know you're going away now but as soon as you pass the bar and come back have a have a big announcement you know and things like that and you know hannah thinks that he's going to propose to her yeah she's she's telling her you know telling her girlfriend liz you know i think he's going to propose and liz is like why do you want him to propose that guy's boring and lame but yeah right yeah but but hannah's into it she's like no he's he's a nice guy so um well, yeah, and Liz, so- to her credit, she's like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, you really? Really? And then she's like, you know what? Not my life. Not my life. I love you. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is great, you know, because in life, you're going to need, you're going to need a friend who's supportive of choices that maybe they don't understand. Right. So I thought that was a really good kind of shade on, on friendship. But yep. she did say, she was like, do you even want him to propose? And he's like, well, he's nice. And, but you don't get the feeling that Hannah's like all over this Josh Groban character. You know, he, he's kind of right. a putsy looking guy. Um, not that Josh Groban is putsy looking. I don't know what they did to, to secure this look for him. But he's kind of in this overcoat suit thing that's he, not cut he right. had to He had to be the opposite love interest from uh, Ryan Gosling is right. what, is what right. they did, I guess. Right. I so. guess. I mean, but Josh Groban's not a bad looking guy. So it's kind of hard for him to, to achieve, right? He doesn't sing. Maybe that's it. He's not singing yeah. in this one. But he's like playing with his phone. And yeah, this is back just, when... He's just kind of kind of nerdy acting or something yeah. something about him, right? It just, he keeps calling her like Hannah Banana, you know. Mm. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know. It's yeah, it's off putting. It, it doesn't seem like the love connections, <laughs> right. love connections there. But to get love connections, Cal, you know, he finally makes his way over to the food court where 
uh, Jacob's standing there, you know, eating a piece of pizza and tells Cal that he's late. And then he just goes right into it. And he's like, how much do you have for clothes? Um, right. Cause they're <laughs> gonna... like, yeah, he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's like, what are those? And he points down at, at the white kids or that we'd seen or the white new balances that we'd seen, you know, at the beginning of the movie. And he's like, oh, these, and he tells them, you know, what style they are. And they're my, and they're just, my 407s. Yeah. And Jacob great just, support. And Jacob just, you know, grabs them from them and throws them over the balcony of the small. It's really pretty great. Um, yeah. Then probably, yeah. probably my favorite part of this uh, kind of shopping montage, you know, where he's, you know, buying suits and sweaters and getting his haircut and things as he pulls out his uh, wallet to pay and it's a Velcro wallet. And, uh, you know, Jacob just looks at him like so like aghast, <laughs> like he's about ready to, to lose it on him. Uh, and it's, it's uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And what's interesting is that, you know, he, they're doing a lot of layers, right? He's like, why do I need so many layers? Mm-hmm. And then they're dressing him up, right? They, they get his haircut. You know, Jacob is talking to uh, one of the girls at the store and he's like, hey, you know, how's it going? And she's totally into it. And Cal mm-hmm. is kind of shocked. He's like, seriously, like, that's all you have to do? <laughs> and Jake's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, and then so he comes out of the dressing room and he's all layered up. He looks 100% different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's And Steve Carell, he's a good looking guy anyway, right? And so mm-hmm. she's, you know, he's like, would you sleep with him? And she's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe. And then he's kind of totally shocked that, you know, she would because she's, I think, probably much younger and very beautiful. And he kind of screws it up because he opens his mouth and he's like, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. he wouldn't, no way. And so Jacob has to go in and say, look, you, you really got to work on how you talk to women because uh, yeah. she just re- she just started to second think why you know she wanted to sleep with you or not because you opened your mouth. Right. Well, yeah. She would have slept with you and then you opened your mouth and now she's reconsidering. So, yeah. so, so keep your mouth shut. He, you know, he's dressed now. He's got his haircut. He's got his, he's got his new shoes, no more new balances. So they're, they're back at the bar having some chats and he's talking to him and ask him, you know, how many women he's been with. And it's just one, you know, so he'd only ever been with Emily. They started dating in, in high school and uh, Jacob just can't believe that, but he's going to invite a girl over. And, you know, at first you kind of think that, uh, that Jacob's going to sort of be a wingman for Cal, right? He's like bringing all these, all these girls over, but, but really, you know, just kind of letting Cal, you know, stick his foot in his mouth. And then, you know, Jacob would be like, you want to get out of here. Um, and you see that happen kind of with uh, three or four girls kind of at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because Cal puts up with it uh, as, as a mm-hmm. person. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of lost his sense of, of, self-worth I think right so he's just kind of mm-hmm. watching this occur it's kind of interesting because he'll he'll say something and you know it becomes obvious that Jacob is really using Cal as this circumspect person to contrast Jake's mm-hmm. ability to get women so it, you you start liking Jacob even less than before <laughs> because right yeah you yeah. know he's not he doesn't seem to be doing this as as a nice guy thing even though it seemed like his you know, gesture was one out of friendliness. It was kind of strange. Yeah, um, you, you see, you know, not that he's using Cal, but he's definitely, you know, kind of taking advantage of uh, Cal's, you know, sort of shyness and nervousness around these girls to his advantage. So. Right. Juxtapose. 
Emily, she is at work and she's uh, an associate to the vice president. And so she's like in the copy room, you know, at the copy machine, like mm-hmm. copying pages out of Divorce for Dummies. Right. I don't know why you would copy pages out of a book that you already own. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. You know, in walks uh, Kevin Bacon, who is uh, actually David Lindhagen, we find out. He is the mm-hmm. guy that she slept with, uh, I guess, only one time. And he is really trying to talk to her and say, hey, I heard that you're getting a divorce now. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry because I really like you. Can mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should give it a shot. And she's like, look, absolutely not. I am a train wreck right now. Like, no. Uh, what happened was great but it was it shouldn't have happened and i'm just i'm i'm no just stay Mm -hmm. away from me and um once again emily who is the one who was like i want a divorce i want Mm -hmm. out she's the one who's going through all the she's not diving into this new relationship with kevin bacon who is Mm -hmm. beautiful and he's in this in the show he's very funny because he's an accountant and he's like i'm actually looking forward to going to work and that never happens to accountants i know because i asked other accountants it's very Mm -hmm. charming and sweet but she's not into it at all so you know she's having all these second thoughts she talks to her son robbie um we don't see much interactions with the youngest daughter but robbie is like asking her how she's doing and she's asking about how cal's doing and mm-hmm. Robbie's like, well, he's he's going out a lot. He's, yeah, you know, and yeah, she has she has to go pick uh, Robbie up from school because he has a little bit of an episode, so they they get to spend oh, some yeah. time together. But um, yeah, Robbie's Robbie's in class and studying the Scarlet Letter, so Emily's going to have to uh, get called in to come pick him up because he gets uh, sent to the principal's office at home from school uh, because he uh, lets you know what he thinks the uh, Scarlet A stands for, uh, which yes. is asshole, which is you know I guess. Uh, you know, projecting that onto everyone he knows, right? His, uh, his mom and dad. So everyone in, in love, you know, so, uh, yep. so he goes on this, on this whole, whole rant about it. So she goes and picks him up and takes him back. And yeah, so asking about how Cal is doing and he's, you know, he looks a lot better, but he's sad. You can just tell that he's sad and that's, you know, that's yeah. sad. but you know, Emily still has the picture of the two of them up on the, on her desk at work and, you know, Robbie's kind of looking at it and she's like, I guess I should probably take that down. She kind of turns it over. Um, and then you get, you get a really neat scene. David comes in, right. Emily, right. Emily leaves the office and David comes in. He wants to talk to Robbie, you know, thinks maybe this is the way to get his, uh, get his foot in the door, but he comes in, sits down on this little sofa and Robbie, you know, pulls the chair over and, you know, jacks the chair way up. So he's sitting, you know, way up above Kevin Bacon and, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of looking down on him. And he's like, you're never going to never going to get with my mom because my dad's going to come get her back. And yeah, and my things. parents are soulmates. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is um, because he knows way more than he should. Right. As a 13 year old boy. And it's an interesting scene with him and his mom before David comes in, because he's like, you were crying last night. I could hear you and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, he's you can tell he he loves his mom, but he does know that his mom, like, you know, is the one that, you know, mm-hmm. dad didn't do anything wrong here, right? It's kind of weird, but as soon as David Lindhagen comes to to try and be like, hey, buddy, hey, tiger, hey, he's like, no, no, mm-hmm. my parents are going to get back together. And yeah, that's right. He's, he's not having any of it. Um, so we head back and, you know, check in on Cal, you know, he's Cal's still uh, having his, you know, meetings with with Jacob trying to get his life on, on track. And you're going to see him, you know, at the gym working out, Jacob yeah. starts doing like these, uh, like handstand pushups, you know, totally ridiculous. And 
going. I mean, I guess they're not ridiculous if you have 9% or 5% body fat, but for the rest of the world, it's ridiculous, right? Uh, So Cal's doing normal stuff. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, and I I pulled a muscle uh, watching it, but they finish finish working out and then you just get this really... I don't know. It's really interesting scenes. They're sitting in the uh, sitting in the locker room. You have you have Jacob, right? Or, you know, Ryan Gosling. He's just standing there, kind of like the uh, Captain Morgan guy, uh, completely naked. Um, the only thing covering him up is just the back of Cal's head, just uh, you know, you know, placed perfectly over top of it. And you know, Jacob's just just ranting on and on and on about all this stuff. And he finally looks down at Cal and he says, "Cal, is, is this making you uncomfortable?" You know, him him being naked. You know, right. <laughs> very close to him and. You know, Cal, you know, Steve Carell is just looking dead ahead. And he's like, no, this is fine. And Jacob says, well, that's weird. This should be making you uncomfortable. My junk has been in your face for like an hour. If, you know, this isn't making you uncomfortable, then maybe we have to talk about something else. Yeah. And And it's uh, it's funny because he says that it should be making him uncomfortable. And then it just flips to the next scene. And they're in the sauna in the same exact position. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, you know, probably making that, making those scenes were, were, had to be pretty interesting from a cinemagraphic perspective because you want right. to, you had to time it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Cal is always uh, kind of the, the, the fall guy for some of these jokes, right? So mm-hmm. Jake is always telling him, hey, stop drinking your drink the way you're drinking it. I mean, when he was having his vodka cranberries, he had these little baby straws, the black Mm -hmm. stir straws, and he's actually drinking out of the stir straws. Um, I don't know. I was like 25 years old when I realized that you weren't only supposed to stir the drink with that instead of (laughs) drink it. Um, Cal was 45, um, but he makes fun of him a lot in some of these areas where he's like, it looks like you're, you know, sucking Mm -hmm. something else with that, not a little straw. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. So they're back at the bar and he's like, Hey, you know, I think you're ready. I think you're ready to pick up a girl. And Cal's like, Oh no, man, no way. Uh, I mean, and he says, well, what do, what do I do? And he says, Oh, you don't, you, you just go in and you say, I'm, I'm going to buy you a drink. And you don't even ask you like, you don't let them say no. And, um, and then you only talk about them. You never talk about yourself. And then you mm-hmm. don't even give them a choice. You just say, Hey, let's get out of here. And they always say, yes. Like they, 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 they just do this. And yep. Jacob kind of sits back and Cal realizes that he uh, he did the whole wax on wax off Miyagi thing that when we thought he was using Cal to mm-hmm. get girls, he was actually trying to teach Cal the way. Yeah, he was he was imparting all of this uh, great wisdom uh, to be a, you know, to be a great ladies man. He says that you miyagi would me, you know, which, which is kind of funny. But yeah, so they see the see the uh, girl at the back of back of the bar, this, uh, you know, this sort of brunette back there and jacob tells him to uh take his ring off so that's when right you see cal, he reminds cal, him because his ring's cal. still on yeah so cal takes his uh takes his ring off and he goes back and gets introduced to this uh woman back in the back of the bar and her name is kate and she's played by marissa tomei and she's fantastic you know he goes back there and you know he's he's uh he's trying to use all of jacob's uh moves but they don't seem to be landing very well right so he's like trying to trying to order her a drink she's like i don't want a drink he's like no get get her a drink he, he calls over the waitress to get her a drink and she's like i've been sober for five years and he's like never mind on that drink you know <laughs> do not come back like, ever yeah so right. you know and you know he asks her what she's doing and she tells him that he's a teacher and he says oh that's boring and you know well, i studied at oxford that's boring no one cares about that england's boring and you know right. all this all this stuff and then 
you know, he, he's trying to, you know, be cool like Jacob, but he's not, he's just not that kind of, kind of a person. Right. So right. he is uh, striking out and finally just kind of, kind of lays it down. He's like, he's like, listen, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just divorced. I'm wearing 18 layers of clothes. I'm just, I'm incredibly, <laughs> I'm incredibly sweaty under this. I'm wearing a sweater under a sweater. Why am I doing that? It's like a giant scuba suit. It sucks in, keeps in all the juices. It keeps in all the moisture. And, yeah. And- but apparently, but apparently that's what Kate wanted to hear. She just wanted a, a guy to be honest with her. I think, you know, She's a little older. She's probably uh, dealt with, uh, you know, the Jacob types for long enough. So she just right. wanted someone to be honest with her. So deal has been sealed. Go back to his place. And she's like, just keep, te- keep telling me the truth on all these keep things. Telling me the truth. He's, he's just telling her random, random things. It's pretty great. Awful. He's like, and then she's like, what do you want to do to me? And he's like, I want to, I want to take you somewhere to a nice restaurant and make sure my wife finds out about it or something mm-hmm. like that. He's just like, I want to make her jealous. And she's like, Woo! I mean, yep. it is really uh it's hilarious but it works um like she leaves his apartment the next day she's definitely Mm -hmm. doing the walk of shame her hair's like all tasseled and he's like yeah and so the next time he's back in the bar it is like on he is Mm -hmm. new new man right very confident yeah this is another uh one of those that i'd mentioned the one earlier uh really cool uh camera move so it's just kind of panning around this uh, bar we've been in so many times, but it's as it's going around, like every time kind of the, the camera starts to turn a little bit more, you see Cal on another one of these dates, um, you know, and he's, he's, you know, acting more charming. He, you know, looks really well put together, you know, he's, you know, letting this, the girl talk and things. And, you know, the girl always, you know, looks like she's having a good time, you know, hanging out with Cal, but it's, it's a really neat shot as it just kind of pans around uh, through all of these dates. And yeah, no, it is a really cool scene. Cause at first you think maybe they're, um, he's he's got he's got multiple of himself in the shot somehow mm-hmm. um but it is really cool and the song is um really cool too it's got this great beat so it's as he's moving through mm-hmm. you know these this i don't know i don't know eight or nine women that he's talking to right. um you can tell he's kind of finding himself uh the center of himself within the whole dating scenario mm-hmm so so Jacob's at the bar and then you kind of go up to the bar and Liz is there and Liz sees Jacob cross the way and she gets on the phone and calls Hannah and it's like Hannah that guy from the bar is back at the bar you need need to get down here now but Hannah's you know no I'm I'm at home I'm I'm studying so I'm not gonna do I'm knee deep in the the bar exam leave me alone and she's like oh my god you should be studying this guy's ceiling tiles he's totally here and he's like it'll take you 10 minutes to get ready she's like no dude leave me alone and uh once again she she says okay but i'm just thinking of you you know (laughs) i just want you to be happy uh yeah so so cal's doing doing much better with the ladies now right so so he was with kate and you know got all of his uh confidence up and you know, word's gonna start spreading around this little uh, this little town that they live in. And uh, Jessica, the babysitter, um, he, she overhears her parents talking about Cal's kind of exploits. All oh, I hear he's yeah. you know he's been out with all of these women. You know he's moved on really fast from from Emily. You know he's yeah uh, spending all these time you know with these ladies in and out of his apartment. So Jessica doesn't know what to do. So she's going to uh, go recruit some help from uh, from this girl at her school, Madison, um, who apparently is is you know, knowledgeable in the ways of uh, seducing older men, which seems bad, but uh, there you go. Yeah. Ultimately terrifying for uh, any man watching the show over the age of 18. Um, yeah. <laughs> because she's like, oh yeah, no, that's really great. I just do, you know, and Jessica wants help. So she's like, look, I just, 
I, I want to seduce him or I want mm-hmm. to, I just, I, well, she doesn't say seduce. She says, I just want him to not see me as a kid. And she's like, well, the right. best way to do that is, you know, send him a nudie pic basically. And this was before you could just send it to someone on your phone, right? They had smartphones, but it wasn't the same. So she goes home and she goes ahead and gets like an old camera that you print off of. And she, you know, takes off her clothes and in front of like mm. her, 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 her kitty cat poster in the background, she like takes some pictures of herself. Um, and, you know, then makes him like call a little card that she puts his name on with little hearts on it. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. slips in a couple of these and then puts it in her drawer. So she doesn't end up giving it to him at this point, but she's very excited because she knows that that means that, you know, he's gonna, you know, he'll definitely not see her as a child. Um, doesn't really doesn't really uh cover the part where it's like not only will he not see her as a child but that instantly makes him like a felon but whatever i mean i guess we suspend that that sort of disbelief for the purpose of this movie yeah don't don't worry about that but (laughs) yeah so she has her plan you know robbie's still desperately in love with her but kind of everyone's getting these plans together right so so she's got her pictures taken um kevin bacon you know david uh, he's he's laying at home. He's trying to figure out his plan. His plan, you know, he needs to go and show Emily that he can be a good family man and take care of her. So you see him like mowing their lawn and taking care of all of this stuff. But then it's just him dreaming about it. And then it the scene changes and you see Cal actually doing it, right? So he's like climbing up the tree and like breaking into the house right. to to go in and do all this lawn work overnight you see him you know trimming the hedges and like aerating the lawn and uh you know doing all of the things that you know he'd probably been doing for the last 25 years but you know Emily wasn't going to do it she didn't have anyone to anyone to do it and I think that was kind of his way of staying uh you know close to the family and close to the house and things yeah you can see like Cal you know showing up to the house like I said just trying to take care of Emily he's not been able to confront her you know kind of verbally and make his you know feelings and his emotions known about you know the divorce and the affair and things like that but um you know this way he can still kind of be supportive of her support his family yeah and things and I think he probably feels a little bit of guilt kind of about his own behavior you know going out with all of these these women you know and you know in one sense for Cal it's probably pretty intoxicating to to be with these women you know he'd only ever been with been with Emily so to go out and you know to be desirable that's uh, that's probably a good feeling for him. But, you know, on the backside of that, you know, he feels like he's, you know, abandoning, you know, his true love and abandoning his kids and things. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's, he's doing, I mean, he is a very present father. So in one of the scenes, I think right next to this was he's playing catch with Robbie outside his apartment Mm -hmm. complex and they're just kind of talking about life. And Robbie is like, yeah, I'm really, I'm in love and she doesn't love me and he's like look you know if she's is she really your soulmate and he's like yeah dad she's incredible like I don't just like her she's awesome mm-hmm. and Cal's like well you gotta fight for her don't give up on her you know and he's like well are you giving up on mom and he's like that's it's not the same you know right. he's like it's, I, it's complicated you don't you know you're young now you you'll understand when you're older right um, but it really gets Cal thinking because you know, in the very next scene, they're at parents-teacher conferences, and they're kind of sitting outside of the classroom, Cal, and then Emily comes in, um, and they're talking, and, you know, talking about how things are going, and they kind of get this little moment to reconnect, and he, you know, tells her that Robbie is a weird kid, but, you know, why why is he so smart, you know, he, know, he knows all of these things, and, and he's right, you know. Yeah, it's really neat, because I, the, for the first time, Emily sees him looking great, 
because um, mm-hmm. you don't see that they've had that interaction and she's like oh my gosh you look awesome and he's like well I've been wearing the wrong size for like 20 years and mm-hmm. um, but they talk about how they're going in to see the teacher um, who where basically Robbie had told everyone that they were a bunch of assholes because of the scarlet letter right and right. so they're like oh we love our you know but he's a great kid right and they both are commiserating about how you know they made a great kid it's really interesting because Cal for the first time he's like I'm I, I really I miss you and I'm so mad at you. I'm really mad at what you did, but mm-hmm. I'm more mad at myself because I didn't fight out. I didn't fight for you. And I should never have jumped out of that car. And you see her kind of tear up and you think, oh, this might be kind of where they they reconcile and at least, you know, come to an understanding. And then the door opens and uh, the yeah. teacher comes out. And, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the teacher, you know, the one that was uh, boring uh, that studied at Oxford, uh, she also happens to be uh, Robbie's teacher. So uh, Kate is the teacher, uh, Marissa Tomei. So she opens the door and, uh, you know, it's like a like a deer in headlights for both her and Cal when they, you know, figure mm-hmm. out who who is who. So they they go in and have a, have a pretty good uh, teacher conference, right? So Emily's oh, trying yeah. to figure out how they know each other. And, and, and they uh, don't, they can't just say, hey, yeah, I slept with her once. I never called her back because that's why she's mad. She's mostly mad because he never called her back. Like she yeah, was be, like, you'll, you'll call me. It'll be great. And he just let her go. He did not, he was not yeah. interested. Yeah. Right? She, uh, she only uh, went home with him because he was telling the truth about all these things, but then he lied about the important thing, which was right. that he was going to call her back and be a good guy. Um, but he's right. not, you know, he's just like, just like all the rest of them. So, uh, you know, so the gig is up there. Emily's, Emily's a little upset and they get outside and Cal's like, well, you know, I've slept with nine women and he, he says it and he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's saying it out of spite or to brag or to show off. It just kind of, you know, he's like, well, I, I slept with her. I've slept with, I've slept with nine women now. Right. And he doesn't, it doesn't sink in how it sounds until Emily's like, Oh, you showed me Cal. And he's like, that's, you know, that's not what I, well, not what I meant. I wasn't trying to show you. I was trying to move on, but I don't right. want to move on. It's kind of hard to watch. Right. So they get, you know, they're, they're so close to almost reconciling and then it just kind of gets, gets blown up from the you know the decisions that yeah you know, Cal's been making so yeah it's um I love that scene because when he does say hey, I slept with nine women the way he does it Steve Carell is so brilliant in this is as he's saying the word nine he realizes he slept with nine women so for mm-hmm. the first 25 years as an adult he slept with right. one woman and we don't know how long they've been separated but probably not super long right she still has pictures up right <laughs> So mm-hmm. he's just run through the course, right? He's just jumped into to double digits. And, and she's, she's really upset by this, which I think is interesting because she's the one who was like, I want a divorce. And, but then she's upset. Yeah. And I think, I think she even says, she's like, I'm really upset with you, but I cheated on you. So I don't really have any right to be upset with, right. <laughs> with you. So I, so they're both, they're both kind of at these, uh, at this weird crossroads, right. Where they, right. they both have made mistakes, but they both are having trouble kind of kind of reconciling with those mistakes and moving past it and communicating about it right right a little happier news than than that hannah passed the bar so uh kudos to her for that so they're back at the uh, mexican restaurant we saw them at you know for her uh, going away party earlier uh she's passed the bar hannah banana her uh i guess boss slash uh, boyfriend josh groban gets up and you know i have an announcement to make i would like to formally ask you if you would like to be uh, an actual lawyer at the, at the law firm. So he did not ask her to uh, marry him. 
he uh, he gave her a job offer instead. So right, right, which would be which which is nice. I mean, that's nice. Uh, it's not as nice if you really wanted or thought that you were getting proposed to, and mm-hmm. you know. Hannah does say, she says, oh, you know, I, I kind of thought you were going to propose because you made this big deal about it. And he was like, oh, uh, well, you know, I I need to think about where we are in our relationship. And he kind of just uh, flips this switch of like, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about you long term. And it's incredibly right. clear that she is a catch. Like he is looks kind of like a dweeb or a, a putz, right? Like mm-hmm. she's beautiful she's very smart i think they say like she scored in the top five percent in the in the bar or something at the at the beginning when they're cheering or when they're doing the Mm -hmm. cheers like she's brilliant she's gonna get a job no matter what because she passed the i mean she's gonna do fine and he's like i just need to think about where we are long term and it the light bulb goes off for hannah because it's exactly what liz said like you can have anybody why would you want this Mm -hmm. this guy right he obviously doesn't think that you are anything other than this cute Hannah banana. I mean, it's really weird because like there's a cake with a giant banana on it. That's got the, the, Mm -hmm. the whole bar insignia kind of over it and Brown frosting. It's, it's very, it looks like a child's cake. Anyway, she's like, I'm done. I'm done. No, I, you know, thanks for the offer. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly consider that job offer, but I'm out. And so she, she just grabs her coat. She gets out. It's pouring down rain. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she ends up going to the bar where Jacob usually goes to. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's a little buzzed because she uh, as as soon as she does not get uh, proposed to, she grabs one of her coworkers' uh, cocktails off the table and just starts pounding it. And she gets about halfway through and she just kind of pulls the glass away from her face and she's making this kind of obnoxious face and she's like, "Is this gin?" And he's and he just shakes his head, "Yeah." And she's like, "Okay," and she just finishes <laughs> drinking it, you know, and then. Uh, I, yeah. You know, gives gives Liz a high five on her way out. But yeah, walks through the rain, needs to uh, go find Jacob. So, And she does. And he's actually there at one of the tables. There's a girl with him, of course. And of course, uh, yeah. she jumps on him, basically, and is like, hey, do you still find me attractive? Do you still? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think she just jumps on him and kisses him immediately. And so the girl that's there is like, what is going on? And at first, he's kind of like, "What? what's happening? But he ends up, you know, letting her kiss him and kisses her back and kind of lifts mm-hmm. her up off the floor. Um, yep. And then she's like, Hey, do you still, you still like me? You still want to spend the night? You still want to let's, let's go, let's do this thing. And he doesn't even say goodbye. I don't think to the girl that he's with, they just leave um, mm-hmm. and goes yep. back to, uh, to his place, which is an absolutely beautiful uh, apartment. It's a real place, this apartment that they filmed this, uh, the next scene in. Um, mm-hmm. But it does make you wonder, like, what Jacob actually does for a living. Because he dresses super well. Um, right. And he looks like a freaking model. And so you're like, what? What does he do? Um, he lives in this re- killer apartment. He's, like, making the old-fashioned, the way that we've described, right? We see him. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, he's kind of muddling the the sugar and the bitters, you know, and, and pouring it out. And it's it's, like, this real tight shot on the glasses. So, you know, it looks really great as he's doing it. But makes the old fashions. He puts the, you know, record on, um, walks over to hers, you know, his, his place looks, you know, just completely perfect. He hands her, uh, her old fashioned and she just downs it. Right. She just chugs this thing. Um, and not, then I don't her, think what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> you absolutely are not supposed to do that. And then she, uh, she grabs his and, uh, chugs his as well. Right. So she just downs, uh, two of these, uh, you know, whiskey cocktails. 
And then she just looks at him and says, uh, it's not my favorite. Not my favorite. Not my drink. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And yeah. then he kind of sits down and she's kind of standing and she's kind of not pacing, but uh, yeah, kinda she's kind of back and forth. Kind of you know, swaying, she, you know, she's pretty awkward in the, yeah, in the situation. So. She's like, so, uh, so this is how it normally works, huh? You, uh, you get, you put on a perfect song, you make this amazing, perfect drink and, and then you sleep together. And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, you got to move, right? There's a move to like start things off. And he's like, oh, I don't mm -hmm. have a move. And she's like, you have a move. What's the move? And he says, well, it depends. I, I have, and she's like, I want to see the big move. I want to see your big move. And, right. um, and he almost, he looks almost embarrassed to say it, right? Because he's never had to like, to like actually like vocalize what it is that he does because, you know, he just does it and women are just so smitten with him. He's never right. had to like listen to how absurd it sounds, but yeah. Or how much of a douche it makes you sound like that you've done it to like a hundred chicks. I mean, yeah. So yeah. What's his, uh, well, what's his signature so move? His signature move is the, is the last move dance move in Dirty Dancing with Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, where she runs up and then he literally lifts her up into the sky like a bird and it's called the lift if you've ever seen dirty dancing um mm. it's it's a really beautiful move um but then you know because she's above him she has to kind of bring her down and when he does he, they end up hugging and that's kind of the uh the big move that gets them close enough where they can start just you know figuring out where they're gonna you know where they're gonna yep. take that next yeah he says he puts he puts the song on you know time of my time of our life right and, and, does, and does the move and he's like you know, and she's like that works and he's like uh yeah it works every time every every time it works every time and to be honest i can totally see why it does because every girl who's seen that film um wanted to be jennifer gray in that scene and you know ryan gosling is not patrick swayze but he's he's pretty great i mean she makes him take her shirt off to like to to see what he looks like underneath his shirt and she's like oh my god you're photoshopped it's ridiculous mm. <laughs> like he has he's yeah, all it's... abs and he's got that line thing that v thing going it's 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 a thing yeah and yeah, he, he uh, takes his shirt off and uh, he tells her to take her dress off. And she's like, uh-uh, not, not with that going on over there. <laughs> no, no way, no way. And, things. And, <laughs> and so he's like, and so he says, well, can I sit back down then? She's like, yeah. And he's like, can I put my shirt back on? She's like, no. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, and, but, it's so great. But she goes she goes on, you know, to to say, she's like, I know what happens, you know, for, for girls like me. This, I come here, we have the PG-13 version of tonight, right? Like I drink too much and then I fall asleep. You cover me up with a blanket. You kiss me on the forehead. And she's like, I'm not here for the PG-13 version. I'm here for the R-rated version where I, you know, bang the hot guy from the bar. And, bang. and you know, he gives it back. He's like, bang, do people still say that? And she's like, yes, people still say that. So they so they do, they go through, he puts, he puts the uh, song on, they do the uh, dirty dancing move and it uh, would appear as though it's uh, going to work on her even though she's uh, called him out on it a little bit. So you'll see them kind of uh, in bed, but she's she's still you know still being Hannah about it, right? She starts talking about his pillow, and you know not not the uh, typical girl that has been right. brought, brought back to his place, right? Yeah, I know. She asked him. She, I mean, she's like, "Oh, this is a great pillow. I bet you have one of those massage chairs." And he's like, "Yeah, actually, I do." And she's like, "Oh my god, you've got to show me the massage chair." And so rather than like getting naked and getting down, they go and like she has him. He has her sit in the massage chair and, and then they go back into the bedroom and they're talking and they're, mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because they're, she's like, I don't understand why you, you, do you sleep? Why do you have all this stuff? And it's, 
he he's he's kind of laughs, but he says, "Oh, I'm just I'm wildly unhappy." Mm-hmm. Yep. And as they start to talk more, and they do tons of talking, like he starts telling about talking to him about himself, and actually she asks him. He asks her. He mm-hmm. says, "Can you please ask me a question, a personal question about me?" And um, she does. She says, "Tell me about your mom." Yep. Yeah, and he he kind of talks about you know talks about his mom, and you know how she is, you know materialistic and really pretty and that's kind of you know where he picked up on all this stuff and uh, we find out that his uh, dad had been a successful businessman uh, but had passed away when he was young but that's how you know Jacob you know inherited all of this money that's how he can have this great apartment and you know buy all these designer clothes and the uh, bottle of uh, Pappy Van Winkle that you see there on the shelf that I don't I don't know if he was making the old fashions with those but that uh, it's like a $200 bottle of uh, bourbon so I hope not but (laughs) what a waste um, but (laughs) But, but yeah, so they're having like this really intimate kind of conversation. It's probably the first time that Jacob's ever talked about himself, you know, to anyone. Yeah. Um, you get the feeling, but uh, so she doesn't have the PG-13 version of her night, but he does, right? So he passes out asleep and, you know, she kind of, you know, gives him a peck and they, you know, they end up, you know, sleeping together. Uh, having, but really sleeping, you know, like resting. But, but really just actually sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in the, but in the meantime, you get a, a voice message uh, coming from Cal. You know, he's back at the bar. He doesn't know what to do. He's just kind of blown it with Emily at the uh, parent-teacher conferences. So he's uh, reaching out to Jacob because Jacob's, you know, the only the only friend, the only kind of uh, confidant he has to talk about any of this with. So Yeah, yeah. And he's called a couple of times and he's like, look, are you, are you okay? Are you, is this all part of your training? You know, the Miyagi training of how to get a girl in bed because I don't understand it. I'm not seeing it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's and, and in the meantime, Emily, I decided to go ahead and give David Lindhagen an actual chance for a date mm-hmm. yep. um, because it looks like Cal's moved long, you know, moved on and uh, long gone. So she's uh, she lets him walk her to her door and they kiss in front of the house. And as as they're about to lean in for that, Jessica opens the door because Jessica is really bound and determined to uh try and ruin emily's uh chances for happiness at all <laughs> because she yep. thinks that she's so awful for leaving cal or telling cal she wants a divorce and uh it's a really interesting exchange because emily should should kind of know um given the fact that you know jessica was there during their big night where she says i want a divorce that right jessica would be at least uncomfortable somewhat with the whole scenario but mm-hmm. um you know, she tries to pay Jessica for her night and she just screams at her. She says, I don't want your slutty money. And she goes, and it's at that point, Jessica actually um, goes to her house and makes. Um, yeah, it takes the uh, pictures. It takes the pictures, right? Because she's so mad about this whole thing. And David Lindhagen has given Emily these really beautiful stargazer lilies. They're, they're beautiful batch of flowers. And um mm-hmm. You know, but Emily's like, oh, I can't even be bothered to see these. Like, I'm, I'm I can't, um, because it, she's very concerned about being called a slut <laughs> by, <laughs> right, yeah. from Jessica. And so she puts them in the trash, I think. But then Robbie grabs them and then he goes ahead and rewrites the card and yeah, right, yeah, Robbie sneaks uh, over to Emily's or sneaks over to Jessica's house to give them to her. Yeah, you oh. see him, uh, you see him grab the flowers and then you just see him, you know, flying up the road on his bicycle, you know, like an ET, but he's got the uh, flowers in his uh, little yeah. basket on basket on the front there. You know, he's on his way over and so sweet. You know, he, he uh, gets over there, rings the doorbell and 
uh, you know, leaves the flowers there for, for Jessica. He just wants a chance. He just wants a chance. And, and so Cal, you know, he has not gotten any, any phone calls yet from Jacob. Jacob hasn't returned his phone calls or anything. So mm-hmm. Cal is, uh, it's at this point, he's doing more yard work and he's yep. got these really cool aerating um, shoes that you kind of yeah. walk in, you know, and he's just kind of, mm-hmm. he's aerating the lawn himself. It's kind of neat, but he is doing, he can see into the family window mm-hmm. and um, he can see Emily has gotten ice cream for the kids. And then she goes into the office, which you can also see her in. And mm-hmm. uh, she says, I'll be right back kids. And she picks up her phone and she can see that she's making a phone call and Cal is looking in the window and we think that she's probably calling, you know, David Lindhagen, but she's not, right. she's calling, she's calling Cal. And so mm-hmm. he is out in the backyard. And so he's quietly, you know, he answers the phone. It's actually my favorite scene is this scene because he, you know, asks her, if she's okay. And she says, oh, everything's fine, but I'm in the um, basement and I'm trying to get the pilot light to the furnace lit. And can you walk me through it? And mm-hmm. it's obvious he's able to see she's not. So Right. Uh, she's in she's in an office so she's made up the story just to talk to him and so he doesn't uh point that out obviously but he really does walk her through it he says you know there's a there's a gray door go ahead and open that up and there's a button you know there's a sign mm-hmm. that says you know push to on and I, I wrote that for you and um go ahead and light the match and and he really walks her through it and it it is my favorite scene I yeah. get weepy every time I uh, see it because he just is so lovingly sweet about how he delivers it. And you can tell he put that sign in there knowing, you know, if she ever did run out of run debt, have to go down to the basement, he would mm-hmm. have instructions there for her. You know, he right. still really loves her and maybe he has not articulated it very well, but he's always tried to take, I mean, he's out there taking care of the lawn. Like it's not perfect. Maybe it's not what she needed, but he has always loved her and he's not, you know, Hey, I, why are you calling me? Why are you making up a story? And he's not going to mm-hmm. get too excited either that she just wants to hear his voice. Um, right. Because that's all that happens. He, he, she says, you know, Hey, thanks so much. And he's like, you can always call me about this kind of stuff. Like, don't even worry about it. It's no big deal. Um, yep. And then they hang up the phone. It is my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> I just yeah. love it. It's really beautifully done. I don't know how they filmed it because you obviously have them both on the phone. You can see them both together. Um, it it was really cool. It was a really cool way that they did it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, it gives Cal, you know, kind of the insight that, you know, Emily is, you know, wants to talk to him, you know, making up excuses, obviously to, to call him. You know, at at the same time, he's, you know, sort of making up excuses to go be at the house and take care of the lawn. It's just interesting to kind of see they're both kind of caught out on their um, doing these things for each other, but they're still just not able to kind of communicate what they what they want and what they're upset about. And I think that that actually is probably pretty realistic for people, right? Like you get into uh, these hard situations and it's it's easier to just kind of kind of accept it and try to move on as opposed to, as opposed to facing it. And you just, you don't have the conversations like you should. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I definitely think they're both uh, sort of at that crossroads where it's like, well, we can go back or we can go forward. Um, Mm -hmm. But they don't, neither one of them really wants to jump into their new lives. Um, Right. But it, it, it could be really hard. Um, And can you forgive? Cause now both of them have done things that are really hurtful and sort of, 
right. not unforgivable, but almost, you know, could be insurmountable, right? Um, yep. Do you really want to unpack that luggage? And it, especially with when I have seen and know people who were married for a very long period of time that are no longer married or are, or, you know, kind of go through a separation. That's exactly the, the feeling. It's like, there's all this history and there still could be a lot of love there, but is it enough? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, and so, but Cal kind of makes a dis- decision. I think at the end of that is he, he still thinks there's hope and, you know, yes. he really wants to, to do something to, to kind of throw, throw his hat back into the ring. Right. And so, yeah. He's ready to step up and uh, kind of yeah. fight for. So you see him kind of in the next scene. He's he's at Lowe's with the with the two kids, and he's buying you know some lattice and some uh, plywood. You know. um, his friends there. He's like, I can't talk. I've got a project to work on. And uh, while he's there, you know, Jacob calls finally to say to finally calls. And he's you know, I'm sorry. You know, I took so long to to call you back. I think there were he was at a pharmacy or liquor store or something um, with Hannah. And you know, Jacob's calling to say. Hey Cal, I I need some advice. I I met a girl and I really like her and I've that's never happened before. So I just called. I need some advice and you know Cal's yeah. like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll you'll figure it out. He's like, you know, yeah, Cal- love is love. So yeah, Cal's like, oh my god, you met a girl like one that you don't want to sleep with for like one night and drop her, you know, mm-hmm. and drop her like a hot potato. Like, and he's like, no, I really I really like her and I'm gonna go meet her mom tonight. And he's like, man, you'll be fine. I'm so happy for you this is cool you know she sounds great and so you know that and cal is uh you know finishing up his project uh mm-hmm. supply buying thing right yep. and hannah is with jacob and they're trying to pick out wine for this you know thing mm-hmm. yep and so it's about that time where um things start to really heat up, right? <laughs> because yeah, Jessica, right. Jessica, the babysitter, um, mm-hmm. her mom, uh, who, you know, made her husband choose Emily over Cal, um, she's in Jessica's room, like doing laundry, putting laundry yeah, away. Putting laundry away, yeah. And in, you know, goes into the underwear drawer where she put her, um, her dirty pictures with, you know, in an envelope with Cal's name on it. And she mm-hmm. opens it up and she's like, oh my God. And, um, as you would do, as any mom would do, right? So of course, Jessica mom goes down, Jessica's mom goes downstairs and shows them to Jessica's dad and he loses his mind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Jessica's downstairs doing something on the floor like of the TV room and she sees that her dad is looking at these pictures and right. she's like, oh no. And I think it's a, then she realizes like, this could be really, really bad because- mm-hmm. You know, the dad obviously thinks that this may be a a, a requited uh, affair, and right. so he he leaps out of the house and gets into the car and starts to make a drive over to Cal's house, um, mm-hmm. which is yeah, interesting because or Cal's wife's house, which is interesting because Cal doesn't live there. But um, right, yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he flies out. Um, yeah, Jessica wrestles the keys away from her mom for the other car and she's giving pursuit so you see them just kind of you know flying through this neighborhood on their way over to to right. uh, cal and emily's house but over at cal and emily's house you see robbie is out front emily's getting home and he's like mom i need to blindfold you before we go inside because you know dad has a surprise for you so you know it's <laughs> on one hand yeah. you have this this uh this uh train this uh steam engine just you know barreling barreling at at this family but you see emily get into the backyard and you find out what cal was uh building with their 
uh, trip to Lowe's was this little mini golf course because apparently right. their first date was uh, to go or one of their uh, favorite dates when they were younger was to go mini golfing. That was that's right. Know, one of the dates. So he'd made this really cool um, sort of mini golf hole, but I don't even get a chance to uh, see them, you know, kind of enjoy it or have, you know, a, a moment together because then their uh, other daughter, it turns out that uh, Emily and Cal have a third daughter. Uh, they had uh, her when, you know, they were very young is why they had to get married so early. And their daughter is Hannah. Hannah. And, Hannah. and she, and she walks with Jacob and that's, that's not a good look for Cal. He, he right. knows all about Jacob and knows that he doesn't want her, you know, within a thousand miles of his daughter. So. Right. And meanwhile, Emily is still blindfolded. So she's like, I don't understand what's going on. Cause Cal and Jacob are like, what are you doing here? No, what are you doing here? No, I, well, and Hannah, who they call Nana, right? So they've been referencing mm. her as Nana through the entire film. And you think it's the mom or a grandmother or something, but right. it's not, it's their oldest daughter. And um, so you know, Jacob is saying, oh, you know, Hannah's like, that's my boyfriend. And Cal is like, that is not, absolutely not. You cannot date him. And he's like, no, nah, what do you mean? I can't date him. He's wonderful. He's been great to me. And he's, and so, you know, then Emily takes off the envelope or the, the blindfold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Takes it and, off. And she's like, oh, it's, oh, that's, that's your boyfriend. Oh, he looks, he looks great. You know, he's real cute. happy for you. Welcome. <laughs> well, welcome home. Um, you know, and Cal's just shaking his head. He's like, he can't believe that, you know, this guy's with his daughter. Um, right. But barely even time to process it because that's when uh, Jessica and her uh, dad show up and you just you just see Cal get tackled uh, to the ground and this big fight sort of ensues. Right. right. Uh, and of course, Jacob comes to the rescue. He like grabs the guy, pulls him off of him. And he's like, yeah, it's my daughter. And, you know, Jessica is there. Robbie is like, what's going on, Jessica? And, you know, Robbie and Jessica had had a moment where um, you know, when he's trying to profess his love for the 75th time, she's like, look, I'm in love with someone else and no one's supposed mm -hmm. to know. And, yep. and so Robbie realizes that Jessica it, thinks she's in love with his dad. And he's like, I can't believe you. And he's obviously mad at his dad, even though his dad had nothing to do with any of this. And she's like, right. you know, Jessica tries to explain it, you know, and finally, you know, the cops get called. So at the end of the day, like all four of these guys are, you know, Robbie included, they're all kind of sitting on the side of yeah. the backyard. And, and, uh, and David, you know, to make, to make matters oh, worse, God, David, right. <laughs> David turns up. So, so you have, you have Cal and Emily, you have, uh, you know, Emily's, uh, uh new guy, uh, David, you know, the, uh, cause of this divorce in the first place. Uh, you have, uh, Jessica and her dad, you have, uh, Jacob and Hannah. So you have, uh, the whole gang, everyone we've met, you know, through the film is, is here in this fight and yeah just you see the uh cops sort of uh, have it broken up and you you see the uh four guys just kind of sitting there on this kind of like planter wall edge kind of thing you know just looking you know like they'd been through the through the ringer there yeah well and so jessica's dad is the first to to leave right and he's like all right i'm out jessica come with me and she's totally sad and upset and she's really sorry she's like i'm so sorry um mm -hmm. and so they leave and then you know Cal is just incensed with Hannah and it's not, which is weird because it's not Hannah's fault, but she's like, Hannah, you can't see him. You cannot see Jacob anymore. And she's like, daddy, I'm not going to stop seeing him. Yeah. And so Jacob then is like, okay, we're, we're going to go, you know, cause Hannah's like, if you guys aren't going to accept my boyfriend then I'm going to leave. Yep. And so they walk out and then Cal, um, 
kind of shakes his head and he looks at David and he's like, you can have her, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm done. And of course then David's like, well, thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Because (laughs) he just got the crap kicked out of him for trying to return a sweater, you know? (laughs) Right. um, And so like poor Emily, like no one's gonna, you know, (laughs) her ex-husband is done. Her new boyfriend is out the door. Um, She's she's kind of made a mess of everything. And Robbie's kind of standing there, you know, off to the to the side and, you know, Cal's walking up to him and he's like, well, go big or go home, right, kid? And and he says, you know, go home, dad. You know, he's upset with with Cal because of uh, Jessica, you know, being yeah. being uh, infatuated with him. So, yeah, so no one had had a good time at this uh, little family reunion uh, attempt to get back together. The uh, mini yeah. golf course was uh, was for naught. Um, and yeah. you get a kind of a montage of everyone kind of by themselves. You'll see, uh, you know, Cal's kind of standing there. Um, you know, Emily's by herself. And Robbie's by himself. You see uh, Jacob and Hannah are together, but, you know, Jacob's like, you're, you, should, you should call your dad. Um, yeah. You, know, you should call and him. She's try, like, to, nope. try to work this out. And she's like, no, I'm not going to not going to do that. Um, and she doesn't. And you see uh, then Cal sitting alone at the bar, the bartender. Uh, he asked her, you know, what time? What time is it? And she says it's two thirty in the afternoon, and he's like, "Yeah, I got that. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the judgment. Yeah, now bring me the, a shot. <laughs> thanks for the judgment. So, so she brings him a shot, and uh, and Jacob comes in. Right, he wants to try to kind of smooth this over, and you know, make amends and and figure out where to go. So he he comes in, and he's like, "Can I sit down?" And Cal says, "I don't know, can you?" And, but he does, and they have they have a little chat about it. Yeah, yeah and. Jacob, you know, again, you know, there was so much more depth to this character um, at this point, right? Versus when we first meet him in the first couple of interactions, the audience kind of sees him in. Mm-hmm. And he basically lays it all on the line to, you know, hand, to, to to Cal and says, look, mm-hmm. I'm in love with her. Like, I love her. I, I, I used to think that love was stupid and pointless and I thought it was pathetic that everybody does all this stupid stuff for love and I spent all this time trying to turn you into me and now I want nothing more than to be just like you I want to be this family person I want I want to have a soulmate and you know he kind of lays it all out and um Cal you know it's it's interesting because he's like look I I think it's so great that you have found this and that you have have discovered you know a way to be a bigger and better person he said but you know hannah is my 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 daughter like i taught her how to ride a bike and i was there to kiss knees and i you know i'm her dad and i've just seen so much of you Mm -hmm. you know i i i can't it's it's just too much and she's way too good for you and the great thing about it is that Jacob totally agrees. He's like, yeah, she is. And, you know, but, yep. you know, no matter what, Cal's like, you'll never get my approval. And he says, okay, well, that that's okay. You know, you're a really good dad. And I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I thought that yeah, was that... really great. Cause he's not like, well, I'm going to date her anyway. Um, or anything like that. He's just like, you're a really good dad. Yep. Yeah. And he, um, he asked him, you know, if he's going to go to the uh, eighth grade graduation for Robbie, if he's going to be there and, you know, Cal says, oh, of course I'm going to be there. And it's like, okay, we didn't know for sure. Cause you know, Robbie didn't know if you were going to, going to show up. And that's, that's kind of where we see, you know, the film come 
to an end here, you kind of get the, uh, the culmination of all of these these storylines. Is you see Cal walking into the uh, eighth grade graduation into the you know gymnasium, and he's he's kind of looking, and he sees he sees Emily um, and their daughter, and then uh, Hannah sitting there, and there's an empty seat, and he kind of takes a step towards him, but then um, you see Jacob coming in, and you know right. uh, sits down next to Hannah, so Cal's going to go up and kind of find a find a seat up by himself. At this point, we see. Robbie was kind of the uh, the head of the class, even with his uh, with his little uh, outburst. So so he's going to get to get to do a speech, and it, it's it's really pretty great. He just he just kind of gets up there, and he's like, "I'm only 13." So people think, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about when it when it comes to love, but love is the biggest scam of all. Right. And uh, and and Cal, you know, stands up, and he, he's like, "Stop." And, and you know, instantly regrets it, and he's like, "Ugh, what did, what did I do? What?" <laughs> So, oh, but, well. but he has to, he has to follow it, follow it through. Right. So Cal goes down, he's kind of standing in front of the podium in front of, in front of Robbie. Robbie's like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, I'm really sorry. It's <laughs> like, I didn't mean this. Um, and he turns around and he's, uh, I hate, I hate to interrupt, but I'm pretty sure we can all agree that my son's speech sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And he goes in this really cool diatribe of how he's like, you know, you know, my son thinks he's found, you know, his heart's been stomped on and he's found his soulmate at 13. And we can all laugh at that. But he said, I remember I met mine when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, the going to a miniature golf with a girl and my dad was kind of teasing me. And I said, oh, dad, it's no big deal. I'm going to meet other girls. I'm going to, you know, this is just a thing. It's fine. And he, he said, that's the first time I really lied to my dad because I knew even then that I had met mm-hmm. the person I wanted to be with for the rest of my life. And he said, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not looking great. Right? <laughs> Admittedly, it's not looking great, but you don't ever give up. And, right. uh, you know, if you don't, um, you know, if you, if you love something, if you believe if someone's your soulmate, you should, you should never give up. And, uh, and then Robbie has a, has a second and then he grabs the mic and he's like, I still love you, Jessica. I still want, you know, I still want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, I guess she has a brother or sister that's, uh, well, I guess she does have a brother that is the same age as Robbie. Um, they mentioned that at the beginning of the film. So she is in the audience and mm-hmm. rather than being mortified, now she's just kind of quietly like smiling and everyone erupts right. and applause because they think it's really cute. Um, mm-hmm. Again, no one really takes it seriously. And so, you know, the speech kind of ends and, and they get to move on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The graduation kind of ends. And then you see everyone's just kind of kind of standing around. But Robbie, you know, goes up to Jessica. He's like, I just wanted to you know, tell you goodbye. And she says, oh, I thought you I thought you were going to fight for me. And he's like, I'm going to fight for you. He's like, but we just we need some time. You're, you know, you're going to going to college. But, you know, I'll be there. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. I'm, I'm still going to fight for you. And then she, you know, she has the uh, has the pictures just uh, on her, I guess, as as you do. But um, so she's like, well, maybe you know, to to help pass the time until you're ready, you can have right. these. So she so she gives them the uh, envelope of the pictures, which uh, is to the delight of thirteen year old boys, I guess. So yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely completely shocked, and she's like, you know, maybe this will tide you over through high school, and and we'll see each other on the other side of this whole thing, and. Uh, yeah, he's 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 like, wow, this I mean, you obviously don't see the pictures, but you can look at his face and it's pretty it's, it's, they, they must mm. be good. They must be good pictures because he's very excited. And, uh, you know, Emily and Cal kind of have this exchange where he's you know, he asks her, he says, how you how you doing? And uh, you doing OK? And she says, yeah, you know, I, I am. And, you know, I through all of this, I'm I'm just 
I'm really still so glad that you bought me that ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's pretty emotional and that's kind of, kind of where it ends. Right. So uh, you don't ever really get any sort of conclusion about whether they, they actually get back together or not, but you know, at least they're happy in that moment. And uh, you get the sense that they're probably going to, you know, at least try to kind of work through this a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you bought me that ice cream. Right. So 25, 25 years on that's, that's what it was. That's where it started. And uh, that's where they're back to now. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh crazy, stupid love. Um, it's uh, probably not a, not a uh, romantic comedy kind of in the traditional sense, right? Like boy meets girl falls in love um, sort of a thing, right? It's got kind of these interweaving plot lines and things and things look, pre- look pretty bad. You know, characters look pretty bad. There's a lot of growth uh, among all the characters kind of through the film, uh, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on this one, Michaela? How do you, how did you find it? So I really love kind of the offbeat way that this this film works um, because again, it starts in the middle or the beginning of an end of a love story really. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting because of the personal growth and it's not just a boy meets a girl and then a boy loves a girl so much that he changes who he is as a person, which is very formulaic and it's, it's very popular. But I really like this because Cal does change, um, but he doesn't change nearly as as much as I think Emily kind of also changed. And mm-hmm. you see Jake, Jacob changing, right? Becoming this from a cat, going from a cad to like uh, someone who's now like this doting, loving partner. But you're right. mostly, you're mostly entrenched with the the relationship that had been longstanding and, you know, what are they going to do? And I love how they leave it open-ended because you want mm-hmm. to believe that they're going to get back together. I mean, I, I certainly think that they do. Um, mm-hmm. but you also are like, well, even if they don't, maybe they can always, uh, be friendly and raise, you know, co-parent their children, which right. in this day and age is pretty remarkable. A lot of people that, uh, you know, I mean, my parents, I, I'm a child of divorce. And so it's, if that, it can be very difficult when you're, if your parents, right, like don't sure, get along. Right. Um, and, uh, it's great if they can stay amicable. So, it, you know, eat at the worst case, this is still pretty great. Uh, way to finish it up even though it's it's sort of open-ended as far as whether or not they get back together right um and I really love the scenes where you know because um it resonated with me as a child of you know parents who got divorced I love kind of the grown-up young yet young conversations the father has with his kids right Mm -hmm. um I remember having very similar conversations where I felt very responsible for my parents' happiness and whether or not they were feeling emotionally healthy and things. And, right. you know, both both Cal and Emily are like talking to Robbie and like, you're not supposed to know what to do. It's okay that you're, you don't, you feel helpless. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Robbie's still like, hey, dad, you, how's your love life? You doing okay? <laughs> and, right. You know, because, and I, that really resonated with me. I. I think it's a very intelligent film. It's and because it strays uh, so far from the formula, I think that's one of the reasons why it definitely makes probably my top ten uh, mm-hmm. of token romantic comedies. Yeah, did you see this one in the came out? I did. Two thousand eleven. Yes, I saw this in the theaters, but I have not seen it. I think I saw it a couple of times when it did come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't seen it in a while and it was really nice to rewatch. I mean, as, uh, you know, the only part that gets a little tricky, I think, is the pictures of, uh, you know, the 17 year old right. that can sure. get a little dicey. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I wouldn't say this is a great film for kids because there's a lot, there's not uh, any nudity, but there's just a lot of mentioning of one night stands and things like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I definitely think, think like PG 13, I think that's the rating. That's probably wise. Yeah. PG-13. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it stands the test of time pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of technological changes that we wouldn't, we would not be handling like naked pics the way we did, but it's probably good that they did it the way that they did it there. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that, 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 that would have went a, uh, a lot quicker and a lot further uh, real quick. Right. Uh, right. Nowadays, nowadays. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cal yeah, probably would have ended up in jail and it would have totally not been his fault. So <laughs> it would have been a whole different story. Um, yeah. So I saw this probably just shortly after it would have come out onto a uh, video. Um, I believe actually I was uh, visiting my brother and this was uh, one of the rentals that they'd had. So I actually watched it, you know, uh, my wife and uh, him and his wife watched uh, the four of us watched it. And I believe that was the only time I'd seen it until I just rewatched it, you know, this past weekend to get ready for the show. But, but yeah, it definitely holds up. The The writing's good. Steve Carell is, is great in it. I, I'm always a big fan of the comedic actors when they do something a little bit more serious. Yeah. And um, this... it, it seems to, seems to work out and he really seems to, uh, you know, kind of grasp that role really well. Um, uh, kind of a nice uh, subtlety in his his delivery um where he still you know kind of finds his moments to be humorous but you know definitely definitely carries some weight and you know you can kind of feel the you know kind of the the pain and the struggle and things that he's going through he does a really yeah. good job so yeah and i think this was one of the first sort of semi serious roles that he had cuz he went on to do quite a few others that mm-hmm. I think really solidified him, him as a serious actor as well as a comedic actor. Um, right. So, I, you know, to me, this was the door opener for me. I really liked his comedic acting, but mm-hmm. this definitely uh, opened my eyes to a whole other kind of universe in which he, in space he could play in, which was which was really cool. Right, yeah, he'd done like, like Evan Almighty and Date Night and Get Smart, but yeah, this was kind of the, the first one that had kind of this level of... Uh, of levity, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we talked about this before, but Emma Stone and uh, Ryan Gosling, they really have great chemistry. So people like to, to put them in, in movies together. It's worth noting that he actually could uh, do the dirty dancing scene and he tried to with Emma Stone, but she was really afraid of heights. So the, oh, okay. that it's a, it ends up being a body double, but um, they work on it. They, they really tried to get her to be the one to do it. It just to didn't work, it. but, but he can totally do that or he could at the time. And then, you know, because they, they, they share a really great friendship, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling uh, did, or, you know, they may still, uh, but what they would do, they, what they did on that one scene where they kind of are getting to know each other in bed and talking about different things is mm-hmm. uh, they just kind of let them ad lib it. So you can see oh, okay. them really kind of sharing certain things and, uh, you know, laughing about, you know, certain topics. And I guess what would, what they did was they had them kind of dress in the scene and get in there. And then they would kind of throw out tidbits of things for them to talk about. Oh, okay. And so they, they shot that over a course of, of a day or two and it was really um they took out the best bits which is really neat because you can see that um in the other films that they do they have a really like palpable chemistry and um mm-hmm, sure. but it, and it's not just hot like they really seem to care for each other and be good friends which is great um mm-hmm. especially in the context of the character of jacob yep yeah for sure well anyone listening at home uh 
you know, let us know about your uh, experience with uh, Crazy Stupid Love. If it's a new one that you're, you know, just getting getting into or the first time you've watched it, or if it's one that you've watched a couple of times, things like that, definitely let us know. Um, and if you make yourself up an old fashioned, um, we're going to be jealous. I'm going to be jealous for sure, because you should probably make me one up too. Um, but you can vicariously through the internet. So take a picture of it and uh, send it to us. You can tag us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink the movies and facebook.com slash drink the movies. And if you need uh, pictures of our old fashions and you know the recipe that we used and things you can find that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com uh, Michaela why don't you tell people where they can find and rate our podcast you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify and anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed we'd appreciate it if you subscribed and if you like what you hear uh, leave us a five-star review because that really helps us get Drink the Movies out there yeah absolutely we definitely appreciate that um, and unfortunately my old fashioned is gone um, so I'm, I'm no longer all set for the perfect date night, no perfect song, no perfect cocktail. So I'm probably going to need to, uh, go mix up another one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make two. That sounds good. So why don't we go to do that? And we will catch everyone next time on drink, drink the, the movies. movies. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. <laughs>